Welcome to Encounter Church Online. It's so great to be here with you today. Hey, we're just praying that today's message will encourage and strengthen you, especially in this season, wherever you are. If you're watching from Facebook, we'd love for you to tag a friend who you think might be powerfully impacted by today's message. And why not? How about you let us know how you're going in the comments section? We'd love to connect with you. We're about to head into a time of worship, and we would just love for you to connect with us and worship with us all together as one. We hope you enjoy the service, and we'll see you in the comments section.
Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 1st of November 2020. Uh, it's an actual uh, an honour to be able to be asked to do communion, and I, I just really love that. And I just give glory to my King, yeah? Uh, I asked Jesus what he wanted me to share for the communion message this morning, and I heard him say, my love. So I'm going to actually start with uh, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 to 5. But what I'd like to just do first is remind you to gather your emblems, your juice and your cracker, because, uh, you know, we will take communion after this. So Ephesians 2, 1, 5, Paul says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us living among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our spiritual nature and following its desires and our thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of God's wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So spiritually, Jesus has made a way through the cross for us to be able to have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator God. Ephesians 3 Verses 7 to 8, and I'm just going to speak through this. So Paul writes to the Ephesus church and explains the revelation of the mystery of God's grace that was not made known to man in previous generations. Verse 7, Paul states he became a servant of the gospel of Jesus Christ by the gift of God's grace, which was given him through the working of his God's power. Verse 8 says, although I am less than the least of all God's people, his grace was given me. So Paul, to me, in reading that, is sharing his, his love, his thankfulness, his gratefulness that God loved him so much, he took, took him out of darkness into the light by grace, by his grace, his powerful love and grace, Paul was saved, healed and delivered. Now, he was a persecutor of the Christians, right? He wasn't a particularly kind dude. Now, I didn't persecute Christians. Well, I don't think I did. But I can relate to Paul. My name's Cecilia. And I was born in a little country town called Mansfield, about 190 kilometres northeast of Melbourne. I was born into a, a family of five children and I was the second eldest. I was nothing special and my family was nothing special. But because of his love and his grace, I stand here today. I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't for somebody who reached out to me, 
who saw me through my heavenly father's eyes. Somebody reached out to you and spoke to you about God's love and you're able to be in the family of God. I believe God wants us to see all men, women and children through the eyes of our Heavenly Father from a heavenly perspective. In Romans 3, 23, it says, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are in a position of feeling like or putting ourselves in a position of authority over other people. Maybe not with our, um, our words, but maybe in our attitudes. We think about people lesser than ourselves. That is not what God wants. He says, look through my eyes. You are all important to me. You are all my children. Did you know that each and every person born on this earth, believers and unbelievers, are all created in the image of God. So who are we to think that we are better than, above, or superior to others? That is not the love of God. In Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love for Paul, for you, and for me in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is my favourite subject to talk about. If you want to continue to learn about the character and nature of God and his great love, study and meditate uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which I call the love chapter it actually will give you an absolute depth and foundation of who God is and who you were created to be. God is after everyone and he wants us to partner with him to touch each and everyone in our community with his great love and grace. So someone took the time to share with me, someone took the time to share with you. I did. I lived in this little country town, so who am I? But by his grace and by his love, here I am. And here you are. You may not have received Jesus into your heart. You may not have said, Lord, I really need you. I need you to guide me. Now is the time that you can do that. Jesus calls us to be like him on this earth. We are his ambassadors so let's continue to develop a culture of love and grace. So it's, it is by, you know, doing things for people, but it's also about being in tune with their Heavenly Father. It's about walking with Him and listening to Him when something needs to be said to someone. Maybe words of encouragement, a smile, just being aware of where you are and who is around you. Let's just take our emblems now. Take a moment to think about what Jesus did for you on the cross and how it is our mandate to now go out and share that same love, that same grace, that same mercy that God had for you and I, for others. Let's just take a moment.
Just take your emblems. Lord Jesus, we just, you know, the words cannot express how grateful we are and how thankful we are that we are your children, that we have been made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your great love and your mercy. Lord, help us to have eyes to see those around about us that need to also experience your great love. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your obedience. I thank you that you took every sin to the cross. It's been nailed on the cross, not just our past sins, but the ones we're going to make, Lord. By your grace, we have been saved, set free. We are whole and we are delivered. And I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honour in this house today and every house that's watching. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So now I just want to welcome Pastor Glenn to the stage and um, have an awesome Sunday. Bye for now. On November 1st, we'll be starting a new series called Generations. I believe that God is a multi-generational God. His plans and purposes are bigger than just one generation at a time. He works his plans out over multiple generations. We see this in the Bible on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was first poured out on the disciples. Acts 2 verse 16 to 17 says, This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In this scripture, the apostle Peter is addressing the crowd who had come to see what was going on amongst the disciples. And he quotes the prophet Joel who had prophesied around 600 years earlier that this moment would happen. We can see that this was one of God's multi-generational plans. All throughout scripture, we see God's plans and purposes being worked out over multiple generations, and it's still the same today. God has plans for our generation and future generations. As Christians, we have a responsibility to know what God's plans are now and to partner with him in our generation and the generations to come. So in this series called Generations, we're gonna look at what it means for our generation to live according to God's plans and purposes now and into the future. Hello and welcome to Church Online today. It's so great to have you with us. My name's Glenn. I'm the interim lead pastor here at Encounter Christian Church. And I just want to give an extra special welcome to those who are joining us for the first time today. Look, today we're starting a new series called Generations. 
and uh, I'm excited to get into this new series. But before we get into it, there's just a few things I need to let you know of what's going on in the life of our church right now. And so the first thing I want to highlight are connect groups. See, connect groups have been running uh, this whole time, even though we can't gather and we can't meet. Uh, we've actually, uh, according to the restrictions that are in place, we've been able to continue with our connect groups. And so that means that uh, we've had people connecting via Zoom. We've had people walking around the lake. We've had people uh, meeting at restaurants. And so we've, we've uh, been able to run our connect groups during this time. And I just actually want to thank those leaders who have continued uh, to persevere uh, during this time and actually allowed those connect groups to continue to run. But connect groups are a great way uh, for us to join together and gather together uh, and to do life together. And so if you're not in a connect group, uh, I'd encourage you to join one. If you want to join one, you can head to our website, encounter.cc, and uh, on the next steps tab there, you can uh, just let us know that you'd like to join one and uh, one of our pastoral staff will get in contact with you and help you join a connect group. The second thing I want to let you know about uh, this morning is that on the 12th of November, this is a Thursday night at 7.30pm, we are actually going to have a combined church's prayer meeting via Zoom. And I think this is going to be a very significant night in, in our region, especially for the church. You know, I think there's something uh, powerful that happens when we combine together and pray together. But I believe there's something even more powerful when all the churches combine and pray together. And, uh, you know, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And I believe God wants to bless this town. Uh, he wants to bless all the churches and he wants to bless the town through us. And it's really important that we come together with unity and with faith and with prayer that we pray for revival. And so we're going to do that on Thursday night at 7.30pm. Uh, we're actually going to host it from Golden Valley Christian Fellowship. Uh, and so we'll have all the uh, pastors of the different churches gathered there, uh, according to the restrictions, obviously. Uh, and we're going to broadcast out to all of you via Zoom uh, the prayer meeting. And so we'll, we'll bring you more details about that, uh, the link and all those sorts of things to get onto that. Uh, but please... Mark that date in your diary and let's all get behind that and let's uh, join together with our faith and unity uh, and to believe for revival in Shepparton and beyond. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, and I think this is pretty exciting, next Sunday, the 8th of November, we're actually going to gather here as a church. Now, we can't gather inside at the moment. The restrictions are still too tight. Um, but we are going to gather with 50 people outdoors next Sunday. And I'm really looking forward to this. You know, yes, it'll be different. Uh, yes, it'll be outdoors. But we're going we're to make it happen. Uh, we're going to use this opportunity to gather together uh, and gather everyone back that we can, as fit as many as we can with 50 people. And so... The first one's going to be a little bit different because uh, we'll continue to do it as much as we can with 50 people outdoors. Uh, the little one, uh, this first week, we're actually going to gather all those who are on a, uh, either a leader or a volunteer on our E-team. This is very important for us because normally uh, we would have an E-team 
uh, night at the beginning of the term. Uh, usually uh, we would gather everyone together and we would discuss what's happening for the term and uh, just talk about what's coming up. And we haven't had an opportunity to do that uh, this term. And so we thought, well, let's do both at the same time. Let's gather together on a Sunday and let's get all of our E-team together uh, and let's, let's do both at once. And so we're going to, the idea behind this is that we just uh, actually find out who we have. You know, a lot of things have changed in the last six months. People, people's lives have changed. And so we need to sort of get a, a check-in on, on who's available and who we've got to work with uh, moving forward as restrictions start to ease. And so we need to uh, just gather the troops together so that we know what we're working with so that as restrictions ease, we can then begin to open up and run churches in the way that we can and need to uh, as people gather again. So we will invite you. We'll send an invite out. Please uh, look out for that and please respond. It's really important that you do register because we can only have 50 people. So, but that being said, it's still going to be exciting. I'm still looking forward to having 50 people here on site, outdoors, worshipping God together, gathering together obviously adhering to all the um, social distancing rules that we need to and all those sorts of things. So we will give you more details about that. So please respond to that when we send you the invite and then in the following week we'll open it up and we'll, have, we'll, we'll try and keep uh, the E-team to a minimal so that we can have as many of you as we can. Um, we'll continue to move forward in that way. So that's exciting. Well, today we are starting our new series called... Uh, generations and uh, I think it's really important that we uh, understand that as a church that we are called to be a multi-generational church see we're called to be a church that continues to build on what the previous generation started and we're to set up the following generations to continue building on what we've built in our generation See, one of the saddest things, I think, is seeing churches die out. How many churches do we see these days that are being turned into cafes, restaurants, or uh, bed and breakfasts? You know, although these church buildings are nice to renovate and turn into these businesses, I don't think that the goal when these churches were set up was, forever, was for them to ever become a business like this. Now, I understand some churches uh, actually uh, outgrew their buildings and sold them on to these businesses, and I think it's fantastic that our church, churches have grown and uh, that more people have come to know who Jesus is and they've had to go on to bigger buildings. But this is not the case for every single one of those. You know, some of these churches have died out because they've failed to be a multi-generational church. They failed to invest into... Uh, the generation that was coming through and in doing so died out as that generation began to die out. You know, we have a responsibility, every generation, to do our part in God's multi-generational plan. And in order for each generation to fulfill uh, their part and in their generation, we must discover what God's plans and purposes are and we must live according to them. And in doing so, we will become 
a multi-generational church. So I believe there are three guiding principles that we can live by in order to ensure that we are a multi-generational church. So over the next three weeks, we are going to explore each of these uh, guiding principles and in doing so, help us in this generation to fulfill what uh, God has called us to do and in doing so, passing it on to the next generation. So to kick off the series, I've entitled this message, Honour the Past. When I look at our church and the facilities we own, we are very blessed as a church. This large piece of land, we have 22 and a half acres. Our church buildings with loads of equipment. We have a school with nearly 300 students. These are all here because of the generations that have gone before us. See, I took some time to read through our uh, history book and uh, whilst preparing my message, and we have a very strong Christian heritage with the people who went before us. See, they were full of faith and dedicated to building the kingdom. And in fact, I'm very proud to be a part of what they have left behind. You know, our church started in March 1963 with Pastor Arthur Amory and his wife leading a small group of people who gathered together in a home. After transitioning their meetings into hired halls because of growth, through faith and perseverance under the leadership of Pastor Trevor Woodhouse, they took steps of faith and purchased the old Anglican church on Hay Street here in Shepparton. Over time, they did renovations, added extensions, and due to the congregational growth, uh, they had to sell that church and, and through that acquired this block of land, 22 and a half acres we now own. They built the church we now call Encounter Christian Church and uh, by faith took out the largest loan a private borrower had borrowed from the Commonwealth Savings Bank at that time. When we look at what our founding church family did in their generation, we can see that they gave all that they had and dedicated their lives in the hope of winning souls for Jesus and establishing God's plans in their generation. It was because of their dedication to the gospel that we now benefit from the fruits of their labour and we owe it to them to honour what they did and carry on what God put on their heart to do. See, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, our founding 
church family ran with perseverance, the race that was marked out for them. But it wasn't just about building bigger buildings or more land. Their race was marked by building the kingdom. I want to read to you a page out of this history book that helps us to understand how they ran their race. And this is chapter three of our history book. And I'd encourage you, if you get the opportunity to read this book, please do. It's very inspiring, our history. And this is Trevor Woodhouse arrives in Shepparton, a pastor's thoughts to his new church. According to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew 9, verse 29. We are all here in God's will and we are the ones who will release the power of God on this place. It's very significant, I think. My thoughts. The church should be evangelistic. Each member, each department. The church must be Pentecostal, not just in name. The church should be more than just a place we come to on Sunday and midweek. It must be the centre of our lives. The church building should not be our aim, but a building is needed to house the people. When we build, we must build with vision. According to your faith, be it unto you, build for 500. Moody's motto is my motto. My human best filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the first Sunday of the new year, 1974, and my first Sunday as your pastor. As I give myself afresh to the work of the Lord, will you join with me? What an amazing uh, testament to our past. You know, I think they had some things right. I just want to highlight some of the things that they had right. According to your faith, be it unto you. See, they had faith. And, you know, here he says, we are all here in God's will and we are the ones who will release the power of God on this place. See, they took God's power uh, flowing through them seriously. They saw it as their responsibility to release God's power here in Shepparton. And I think we should do the same. See, our faith will determine what power is released in our generation. And the generation that went before us uh, took it seriously uh, and released the power of God in their generation. They saw it as their responsibility and we should see it as ours. The church should be evangelistic, each member each department. I think this is profound. See, they understood what their goal was. They understood that they should be evangelistic in all that they do. Every single member, every department was to reach the lost. And I think we should do the same. Everything we do should be to bring more people into the kingdom. See, we don't build buildings um, and have great programs for the sake of having big buildings and great programs. That's not the goal. The goal is souls. 
The goal is to build the kingdom. See, the church must be Pentecostal, uh, must be Pentecostal, but not just in name. You know, that refers to what I talked to earlier. According to your faith, be it unto you. We are all here in God's will and we are the ones who will release the power of God on this place. See, to be Pentecostal uh, is to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, is to be uh, those who release the power of God because the Holy Spirit is living in us and through us in our lives. See, this is a way of life. This is not just an attending church on Sundays or throughout the week, which leads me to the uh, point C here. The church should be more than just a place we come to on Sunday in midweek. It must be the centre of our lives. See, the church building should not be our aim, but a building is needed to house the people. So we can't go after just having uh, a bigger building, like I said earlier. The aim, the goal is people. And this is what the race, this is the race in which they ran. They understood what the goal was during their time. And they had their priorities sorted in their generation. You know, I think we're going through this process right now. You know, this season, the word that God gave me is recalibration. You know, we are being recalibrated right now. You know, we just did a whole identity series on uh, not just doing church, but being the church. And this generation knew how to be the church. And I think we would do the same. We would do well uh, to do the same as them by not just doing church, but being the church. And if we took up that mantle, what we would do is actually we would honour what they did by building upon what the foundation that they laid. See, the plan has never changed. See, Jesus came, he died, and he rose again so that we might have life and have life to the full. And when he died and rose again, before he rose again, he gathered his disciples and in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, he gave the, his plan for, the, for us as Christians today and for them back then that should carry on forever until Jesus' return. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. See, God's plan is that we would make disciples, that we would proclaim the good news, that we would uh, declare his message to his people so that none would be lost. See, John 3, 16, sorry, 2 Peter 3, verse 8 to 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. 
The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God doesn't want anyone to perish. And there is going to be a day, one day when he returns, where he will judge the world. And he will judge according to the way in which we've lived our life and whether we've believed in him or not. I don't have the scripture here, but he says, on that day, we will stand before him and the thing that will uh, determine whether we uh, live with him for eternity or not is whether we knew him or not. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, this is the ultimate plan, that we would all know him, that we would all know the love of a father and that we would live for him. And our previous generation understood this plan well. See, they understood that they had a responsibility to be a multi-generational church. That they wouldn't be a church that would die out, but they would continue to invest in people, those who are coming up after them, to carry on the work of the gospel. And if we are going to be a multi-generational church, we must do the same. We must take what they did, pick it up, and carry it on in our generation and pass it on to the next generation to come. God has called us to be a multi-generational church. And we are going to be a multi-generational church. And we are going to see God's plans and purposes uh, being fulfilled in our generation right here, right now. You know, if you don't know who Jesus is, if you've never met him before, I just want to let you know he loves you so much. In fact, he paid the ultimate price so that you could be re uh, reconciled back to him. You know, it was sin that separated us from, from God. Uh, right back in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, there was uh, separation from God. We couldn't actually be in his presence anymore because we would actually die. But God, in his wisdom, had a plan. And that plan was to come as a man, to send his son Jesus to die and pay the ultimate price uh, so that we could actually be reconnected back to the Father. And it's, and it's this plan, this message that I share with you today. You know, if you don't know him, all you have to do is believe and accept him as your Lord and Saviour. And then live out your days with him at the centre of your life. You know, who the Son sets free is free indeed. You know, his life, he has a life for you that will bring you freedom, will bring you joy, and uh, all we have to do is accept it. You know, we just ask for forgiveness, we, we repent of our sin, we turn from our old ways, 
and we live according to his ways. And so I extend the invitation to you today. If you don't know him, I would just say, uh, actually, I think we should pray a prayer today. So I'm going I'm to um, pray a short prayer and I just encourage you to repeat it after me. You know, Romans, uh, I think it's 8 verse 9 says, if you openly declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So if wherever you are uh, right now, wherever you're watching from, and you want to know Jesus this morning, or maybe you once knew him and you've turned from him, and you, ne- and you just need to get right with him today, would you pray this prayer with me? So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you died on the cross and that you sent your son to pay the ultimate price for me. Lord, I ask you to come and live in my life. I give you my life and I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. I leave that old life in the past and I look to you to live for you from this day forward in Jesus name Amen You know we are called to be a multi-generational church and uh, I believe that we are now stepping into uh, the plans and purposes that God has for this church Would you partner with me uh, in, in fulfilling God's plans in this generation by committing to uh, what God wants to do in and through this church? Would you devote your life to building God's kingdom, to building his church, and to seeing God's power manifest in and through your life, wherever you are and whatever you're doing? Let's bring honour and glory uh, to Jesus uh, in the way that we live our lives and the way that we prioritise what we do. And let's continue to honour the past, those who went before us and laid the foundation of what we enjoy today. And let's continue to build on what they did and glorify God's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. I look forward to seeing you here next Sunday those who are in the E-team and online. God bless. Have a great Sunday. Today, we just pray that you got something out of that message. If you would like to know more about Jesus, you can head to our website, encounter.cc. And there, in the Next Steps tab, you can make yourself known to us so that one of our pastors can reach out to you. If you would like to give, you can do that in the Giving tab of our website or on the instructions in our church app. Encounter Church is more than just a service on Sunday, and there are so many ways that you can connect with us during this time. You can follow us on our social medias, as well as keep in the loop with what's going on in our church app. There, you can listen to all of our latest podcasts, give electronically, and of course, let us know how we can pray for you in the prayer wall. Hey, we would love to see you next week at 9.30 a.m., for our pre-service and then again at 10 a.m. for our regular church online service. We hope you have a great week. God bless. See ya.